throughout this NFL draft process, we've heard a lot about Paris Johnson as the top offensive tackle prospect for the Chicago Bears. But I think we need to start paying a little bit more attention to a potential dark horse candidate that seems to be gaining some steam, Broderick Jones from Georgia. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockdownBears. You can like Lockdown Bears on Facebook. Join the Lockdown Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. On the show today, we look at Broderick Jones from Georgia as a potential offensive tackle option for the Bears in the first round and even at the ninth overall pick, not as a trade down, but some murmurings, some thoughts, some idea that maybe just maybe the Bears or other teams could have Broderick Jones a bit higher than maybe we might think from the outside. So we'll look at what he offers in terms of a skill set and try and compare him more directly with Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern as offensive tackle prospects to kind of get a sense of what flavors each one is and, and why maybe there isn't as clear of a consensus in terms of ranking them, certainly from the NFL side, than we seem to generally have here on the outside. This kind of came up for me because it just feels like we're seeing a Broderick Jones more and more associated in mock drafts, but you hear draft analysts talk more and more about like teams seem to be higher on Broderick Jones than we're hearing on the outside. And I've seen reports or rumors that Broderick Jones could even be the first offensive tackle taken in this year's draft. And you, despite when you look at, at mock drafts, right, and there are websites that assemble and, and sort of aggregate mock drafts to sort of get an average rank of, okay, where is this player going? When you take all the mock drafts you can find and slot out where each player is going, Broderick Jones's current average pick rank is 19th is where he's going in mock drafts. He is not ranked above 15 at any point. I mean, like on average, he's being taken with the 19th pick right now in mock drafts and has never gone as an average above 15th. And so you might think then, well, nine would be way too early for Brock for Broderick Jones. And yes, I mean, that's the perception we might get on the outside. But of course, NFL teams don't care where mock drafts say a player is going to go. They're, they did their scouting reports on all of the offensive tackles and applied that to their team and their scheme. And then we'll build their big boards and rank their own players their own way and not really care what Twitter draft analysts or even you know ESPN draft analysts have to say about where these players are ranked. But we, we haven't talked much about Broderick Jones. So I wanted to go through his skill set a little bit more specifically to make sure we're, we're all, all on the same page about what he weighs or what he brings. And then I'd like to sort of compare that and contrast that with Paris Johnson and Peter Skronsky. Because I think Jones and Johnson have a lot of similarities that are somewhat or a little bit more difficult to parse out. And then Skaronsky is very different than those two in some key ways. And, and then it's about determining how you would weigh and balance 
the strengths and weaknesses of each one and what what is more important to you about each prospect, the good and the bad. So Broderick Jones is built like an offensive tackle, right? He's like, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 310 pounds, thick lower half, looks like an offensive lineman, but with a really strong punch. When he can jolt out his hands and hit the pass rusher, he can stop them dead in their tracks. Like it's a it's a really effective an effective move for him, especially you know moving backwards in pass protection, letting guys come to him and getting his hands on them and really stopping them in their place. He wants to beat defensive linemen up. You can see it in the way he blocks in the running game, especially, but also in pass protection. Like he has that like mentality of like I'm going to punish you, I'm going to make your life miserable for trying to pass rush or run defend against me. He's physical and likes to be physical with his opponents. But at the same time, when he gets out in space, like he moves really well. He moves like a guy 50 pounds lighter. Like he, sometimes when he's getting out in like in front of the running game, like looks a little bit to me like an oversized tight end in terms of the way he moved. He certainly is bigger than that because he's got the length, he's got the thickness, but he's got the quickness to be able to get that comfort in space. Like that's the thing. It's it's very natural for him to be out and about like that. I mean, a lot of that starts in the feet. You see it in pass protection as well as ability to just mirror and and be smart about his placement, getting his body in between the pass rusher and the quarterback where he needs to be to be in the best position to block them in both the passing game and the running game. That being said, with those hands, right, when he does punch and get his hands on the d- defender, like sometimes the, the placement and the timing is off there. So it's like if he nails you, you're you're screwed. You're done. It's it's the knockout punch so often when, when he's back in pass protection. But when he doesn't nail it perfectly, when when the timing is he's either late on the punch or the placement's not exactly where you want it to be, then he runs into a little bit of trouble, right? Then it's not as effective there. He's not like the strongest. He's not weak, but he's not the strongest in terms of the hands being able to just grab and control from there. It's more about the punch than it is the the redirection in that spot. And so sometimes too, like when, when guys try and power rush him, if he can't get his hands inside, then he struggles to kind of get that right grip and to kind of have the, the proper leverage to stop those plays. And then when he gets, when he gets versus speed on the edge and someone's trying to really take him to the outside, he does a, a, one of the cardinal sins of offensive line play, which is bending your waist instead of sinking lower in your hips and, and moving your feet with them. You end up like bending and extending forward. And then you become too far over your toes and, and off balance. And so It's just these sort of like little inconsistencies in his technique that led to, you know, some ups and downs at Georgia. Still very, very good, but just, you know, when when there were moments of mistakes or weaknesses, a lot of times you could point to that. You you can also point to him having like one, one and a half years, really, as a starter. You know, started all this past season and about half of the year before. And he's just, what is he, like a redshirt sophomore? Like he's very young in his football career. So you can kind of, you can kind of piece together all these great physical tools and a little bit of inexperience lead to some little bit of technique inconsistency, but draft him in the NFL, give him some NFL coaching, and he'll continue to grow and get better for the next handful of seasons and really grow into a Pro Bowl caliber offensive tackle. Like that's that's sort of the pitch there for Broderick Jones. And I, I think there's a lot of similarities to Paris Johnson from Ohio State. And yet I think there's some slight nuances and differences that I think it leads to some of this idea that maybe Broderick Jones is a little bit more of the mold, a little bit more of the style, just a little bit more of the style of offensive lineman that Ryan Poles might prefer compared to Paris Johnson, who otherwise has a lot of similar traits. We'll compare and contrast those two next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. 
America's number one sports book. And it's the number one sports book because right now new customers are getting a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. You place that bet, and if your bet is wrong, you lose the bet, you get bonus bets back to you, right back into your account, up to that $1,000. You just got to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on all sorts of stuff. The NBA playoffs, right around the corner, you can bet on the NFL draft as well. You can bet on, you know, who's going to be the first quarterback taken, who's going to be the first wide receiver taken, who's going to be... The Bears pick who's going to be the first offensive lineman drafted. Paris Johnson is the leader right now. Peter Skronsky is second. Roderick Jones is third in the odds there. But if you get a hunch, you get a scoop, you want to test your odds, FanDuel is going to be the place to place your bets. Because again, you can get this no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Don't miss your chance. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. We've talked about Paris Johnson a few times on this podcast. And if you've heard the way we've talked about him and described him, some oftentimes more so in passing on this podcast, you'll notice the way we've talked about him is similar to some of the ways we've talked about, we just talked about Roderick Jones. But I'll, I'll sort of talk more specifically about Paris Johnson You'll hear a lot of the similarities, and then we'll try and go through and and identify some of the more specific differences that are a little bit more nuanced between the two. Like Paris Johnson is also a physical freak, but it's a slightly different style of physical freak, but not drastically different. It's it's it almost sounds nitpicking, but we'll we'll sort of plug in why it makes a little bit of a difference for a team like the Chicago Bears. He is, you know, he's even taller than Broderick Jones. I think he's like six six, three hundred and ten pounds. Long 36 plus inch arms, some of the longest arms among tackles in this draft. And that gives you such an advantage as an offensive lineman. If a pass rusher or a run run defender, if a defensive player is coming at you and you're coming at them, you reach out your arms, they reach out their arms. Whosever arms are longer are going to hit the other person's torso or, or body or arms first. And so it's such an advantage to be able to just have that natural physical tool that you can't change, create, develop, grow, etc. Uh, but Paris as well with with even at 66 and 310 like there's a lot of strength on that frame but I think you look at him and you you still feel like he can even get a little bit stronger add a little bit more muscle to it cuz I mean even now he's big and strong but there's just a little bit more room for meat on those bones you you don't want to you don't want it to slow him down as long as it's lean muscle you'll be okay cuz he he's so quick out of his stance like he he is I mean explosive is maybe too strong of a word for an offensive lineman but like he he's able to get out in front and and get in front of speed just fine. And when someone does, you know, take him inside or, or get a move on him, like he's athletic enough and like physically agile to be really recover uh, on those types of moves and be able to stay in space and just use his, use his rare physical tools to make up for mistakes he might make. I also think, you know, when he gets pulling as an offense, I mean, he pulls as a blocker from the backside to get to the front side. Like he looks like, I mean, he's a, he's a locomotion coming or locomotive. Locomotion is the song. Locomotive coming through to lead the block for the running back, and he can he can lay the hammer down as well and get get up to the second level with with some pretty good ease. You know, we compared to Bradrick Jones, who is also an offensive tackle who moves really well and and is comfortable out in space. Right? There's a lot of similarities between those two. As far as mistakes go for Paris Johnson, he too like I think for him it's a little bit more feet. Like I don't think for Broderick it's as much. It's as much in the lower half as it is the upper half in terms of like waist bending and hand placement. But Paris Johnson, 
is so quick out of his stance and so quick with his feet that like sometimes he moves his feet too much and he sacrifices some of his like base and strength as a result because at some point you need to sort of like plant them and, and anchor and generate power from each placement of your foot. And his are so quick that he's not necessarily like getting all of his weight down on them to be able to then drive from the ground back up through his upper body. And he suffers a little bit in terms of strength in that regard. In terms of his hands, he's a guy who pretty consistently goes for a, a two-handed punch almost, not every time, but but most of the time. He's he's kind of like he's kind of like going both, like in Rocket Cycle Robots, if you press both thumbs at the same time and the, and the robots go out like that. And, and in the NFL, oftentimes... You know, when you have both hands going, if, if a defender can counter both of them, like hit, swat them away at the same time, you know, you want, you kind of want to go one at a time so that if you know, you, your left hand goes first, they swat at that, your right hand is there. And maybe as they're trying to get to your right hand, your left hand can come back, right? It's sort of that, that dance, that the patty cake that they play on the offensive line. But he, he, his initial punch tends to go two at a time, which is again, like effective when it hits, but it really needs to be able to work with those a little bit more independently to be a little bit more well-rounded for the types of pass rush moves he's going to face consistently in the NFL. Like Broderick Jones, also a little bit inexperienced. Started this last year at left tackle. That was his only year starting at tackle. The year before that, he started the whole year at right guard, but it's like one year at guard, one year at tackle. He has not had much time to just like play and master one position. He's been moved around and hasn't didn't even play all that much over the compared to like, you know, four-year starter type players that come up through the NFL draft. So he too is a bit raw uh, of an offensive tackle prospect, but he was a guy in college that could just rely on his rare athletic tools, not just the long arms, but also the agility and the his just movement skills that, you know, guys in college weren't all the types of freak athletes that can just out-athlete him. He was the better athlete so often that when he would have a, a technique mistake or inconsistency, he could just be longer, stronger, faster than the guy he was going against to, to truly make up for it. But in the NFL, guys are, good, are not going to, he's not going to be longer, stronger, and faster than guys he's going up against. He might be equal with them, and maybe some guys he'll be faster than, but he, you, know, you can't just rely on the athletic ability. The tools will need to be refined in order to win consistently enough in the NFL. So then, you start to sort of put he and Broderick Jones together. There's a lot of similarities there. They're both they're both inexperienced and need to refine their technique. I think their technique issues are slightly different, but they, they both do need work on them. They both do move really well and are generally athletic freaks for their size and position. I think I think Paris Johnson is probably an overall like more well-rounded athlete in terms of like short area movement, but I think Broderick Jones it moves a little bit like lighter and easier and, and and looser in a way that feels like a better fit or more of a natural fit, I should say, in the type of outside zone scheme that the Bears run. And that's not to say that Paris Johnson can't or isn't capable of being very good in this scheme. No, but but Broderick Jones matches more of like that that style of lateral blocking and reach block to try and you know get out in front of a, a lineman who's a gap ahead of you that you need to sort of get under and scoop them a as you're moving or certainly on the backside trying to get in front of people to cut them off like it, that seems to be more of slightly more of his style than Paris Johnson and also Jones I think has a little bit more of that that killer mentality of really wanting to be that that mindset that the Bears want in a football player. Not that Paris Johnson is by no means is he like soft or not of, in love with football, but there's just like that extra nasty streak. I think that's in Broderick Jones that I again think will endear him to the Chicago Bears. 
none, none of this is me saying, oh, the Bears will for sure take Broderick Jones over Paris Johnson. I still think Paris Johnson is the better offensive tackle and the guy that I would prefer to draft with the ninth overall pick. But to me, it's like once we start to see, you know, Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune, who's perhaps the most dialed in Bears reporter in the entire Chicago media, mocks Broderick, Broderick Jones to the Bears kind of, I don't want to say all of a sudden, but I, I raises your eyebrow a little bit when, when Brad Biggs makes a pick there that you don't necessarily expect. And we've seen, and I don't want to make this all about mock drafts, but we are seeing more and more people move Broderick Jones higher and higher in some of these mock draft situations. I think that starts to become a reflection of maybe maybe getting intel from the NFL that, hey, this guy is going to go higher than people think, and we should be paying closer attention to that, and not just assume Paris Johnson is going to be the number one offensive tackle. And a lot of this has overlooked Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern as a guy who is the, I, I'm pretty confident in saying he's the best offensive lineman in this draft. And I do think we, we, we get lost a little bit. I think there's something to be said about, yes, he's probably going to play guard in the NFL or is like more likely to end up there, but like, he's also really, really good. And if his arms were longer, he would be the bet. He would be far and away the best offensive tackle prospect in this class. So I want to be deliberate here about how we compare Peter Skaronsky to these other two, because Johnson and Jones are very similar. Skaronsky is very different. And it'll give you a sense of like how you have to weigh what flavor of offensive tackle you're looking for next on Locked on Bears. I want to, I want to repeat something I said there for, for emphasis here. If Peter Skaronsky's arms were two inches longer, even an inch, but especially if Peter Skaronsky's arms were two inches longer, he would be a consensus top five pick in this draft. I really think he would be surely the first offensive tackle taken off the board, the first offensive lineman off the board, and a player that would not make it to the Chicago Bears at nine. Maybe because of the quarterbacks, maybe he doesn't go top five if his, long, if his arms were longer, just because three quarterbacks might go there, and then there's Will Anderson, and there's Tyree Wilson, and Jalen Carter. Like, sure, but like, guaranteed top seven, guaranteed top eight, definitely would not make it to nine if Peter Skronsky's arms were two inches longer, even even one inch longer, but I'll say for sure two inches longer because like you look at his tape and you look at his skill set, like that's kind of the only thing. And it's not, I mean, not that he doesn't make any mistakes ever, but like that's the one thing you point to is that no starting offensive tackles last season had arms as short as Peter Skronsky. There are other offensive tackles in the league that, that do, but like starters did not have as short of arms as Peter Skronsky. And we can, we can get into a little bit of why that's why arm length could be trouble in that way. But in terms of like what he does well, like, Clearly the best technique of any lineman in this draft class, just smart, instinctive, knows what he's doing, right place, right time, pretty much at all times, especially the hands. They're quick. They're smart. He knows where to put in the placement is correct so often and just can jolt and put pass rushers completely in their place, particularly in pass protection. But he also has really light, quick feet. He is explosive out of his stance. I was hesitant to use that word for, for Broderick Jones, but like you compare Skaronsky to Jones and like there's a, it's another speed for Skaronsky. There's some explosiveness coming out of his stance, but at the same time, like he keeps good pad level. He doesn't get too high all that often. Keeps a good base underneath him. It's like head to toe. Peter Skaronsky does like teach tape on technique. This is how you should do it. Again, not that he never makes mistakes or that he never has a play where his technique gets away from him a little bit, but in terms of like consistency and what you should expect from him playing and play out. He is that guy. You know, he can get out in front on reach blocks. He takes great angles in the running game. Like he's 
is pretty strong. That's if we want to if we want to find like another weakness besides arm length, like he's not weak by any means, but he's not like the strongest. He's not a complete mauler. We've seen stronger offensive tackles than him, and I suppose we've seen faster offensive tackles too. But definitely, speed and move, movement skills are a strength of his. But strength this is confusing. Speed is a strength, but strength is not a weakness. Does that make sense? Like he's he's not weak, but he's not otherworldly strong. He just checks the boxes. Strong. He's strong enough, but not impressively strong in terms of the way that we see it on tape. But it's the arm length. It's why there's the idea of projecting him inside the guard because, like we talked about with with Paris Johnson, who has 36 inch arms. Like Paris Johnson's arms are like four inches longer than Peter Skaronsky, and a lot of NFL pass rushers especially edge guys, have long arms. Interior defensive linemen tend to have shorter arms. Edge rushers tend to have longer arms. And when they can get your hands, their hands on you first, that's often what decides who's going to win a pass rush. Whoever gets their hands in a good position first generally tends to win. There's still, you know, speed plays a role. The pass rush move plays a role. But, like, it's such an advantage in pass protection. Whoever gets their hands on first is then the other person is playing from behind the rest of the way. And we've seen Peter Skronsky be able to play from behind the rest of the play and be able to recover. And even though he didn't get his hands on first, that's okay because he's good enough. And it's why Peter Skronsky is still in consideration for the ninth overall pick as a potential offensive tackle. It's why draft analysts, and I think some teams, are willing to try Peter Skronsky at offensive tackle first because the idea is that we're... 100% confident, or as close to 100% as you can be in the draft, that if you move him inside the guard, he's going to be great. Because all of the reasons why he's great at tackle, plus your arms don't need to be as long at guard because the guys going up against you on the interior don't tend to have as long of arms either. And so he should be a Pro Bowl surefire guard, no doubt. So you can draft him, and you know, in OTAs and training camp, playing him an offensive tackle. And see, how does he do against your off your pass rushers on the edge in OTAs and training camp and maybe even the preseason? See how he holds up. And if the arms just continue to be a problem, you can move him inside the guard. And it might take him a little bit to adjust to that position. But, I mean, he's, it's, it's the technique is, is so refined that it'll be easy enough to teach him just how to adjust his footwork slightly at guard and adjust you know, his responsibilities in the running play slightly at guard. And he'll be good to go, man. Like, he is such a good offensive lineman. It's just a question of... Can he do it at can he do it at tackle? Are his arms long enough? Like so, he, it's very much the opposite in in some ways to the likes of Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson, where they're physically everything you want in the offensive tackle. They're just a little bit inexperienced and have poor technique as a result, and need to learn from being raw. And Skaronsky is the opposite, right? He is not built quite like the offensive tackle, but has the great technique and the experience that you don't really need to teach him much. It's just a matter of can he do it in the NFL? And the more confident you are in his ability to work out at tackle, the more the higher he's going to go. Like that, At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And if his arms were two inches longer, he'd be the ninth overall pick, no doubt. He would might not be on the board when they pick ninth, and he would be clearly the best offensive tackle in this draft. It would be Skronsky and then everybody else. But with it, there's enough questions that it, it falls a little bit, and it makes you wonder, will the Bears be interested in someone like that? Because you know the tackles they drafted last year, tended to be on the longer arm side, Braxton Jones especially, you know, built a little bit more in the Broderick Jones mold. That's one That's one tackle in particular. It's one draft worth. It's not, doesn't mean that's the only lineman Ryan Poles will take. I will say though, it would get a little bit chaotic if the Bears drafted Broderick Jones because the back of his jersey and the back of Braxton Jones jerseys 
would be difficult to do because, okay, they're both Joneses. So then they were both, but they're both B Jones and they're both BR Jones. So Braxton's jersey would have to be BRA period space Jones and Broderick Jones's jersey would have to be BRO period space Jones for the name on the nameplate because you can't have, I don't think they typically want to have the same last name exactly the same on two jerseys. They want usually a first initial, but if the first initials are the same, you go to the first two initials or the first two letters of the first name. And if those two are the same, you got to go to the first three. So we could have Bra Jones and Bro Jones as the Bears' two offensive tackles next season if they were to draft Braxton, Broderick Jones. Now I already combined them into Broxton. They became Braxton and Broderick, and that became Broxton. I'm already getting him mixed up, and he's not even a member of the Chicago Bears. But he is a name that we should keep an eye on and prepare yourselves for the possibility that the Bears see Broderick Jones as better than Paris Johnson and Peter Skronsky and possibly could make him the ninth overall pick. And I think if we prepare for that now and adjust our mindset to it, it wouldn't feel like as much of a reach by the time we get to draft day. Like it might, it might be a reach in terms of like how I might evaluate these offensive tackles. But for the Chicago Bears, they've already made this evaluation and they don't give a crap what I think about the tackles, what Mel Kuyper thinks about the tackles, what Daniel Jeremiah thinks about the tackles, or what you think about the offensive tackles. They don't care. They, they have their scouts and their opinions, and they're going to take the guy that they think is the best player. And if they take a tackle, it'll be the guy they think is the best tackle on the board at that spot. So familiar, familiar, familiarize yourself. God, is that hard to say? With Broderick Jones. Too many syllables. Familiarize Broderick because he's a name that I think we're going to hear more and more about leading up to draft day and a strong candidate that even if the Bears don't take him, a strong candidate to be taken earlier than you might think he is based on the way that the media and draft Twitter and draft analysts, et cetera, are, have been talking about him up to this point. It'll feel like a he's rising up draft boards. Well, he was always in the same spot on the on every team's draft board. It's just the media kind of caught up or is catching up, I think, to how teams feel about Broderick Jones. So I hope that helped give you a little bit more clarity about this offensive tackle class. It was This was an excuse to compare the first-round offensive tackles, if you kind of noticed what I did there. I did I did want to focus on Broderick Jones, but I also wanted to give you like a more comprehensive look at, like, okay, comparing the three main names that the Bears will consider at offensive tackle. That was the sort of the, the hidden secret purpose of this podcast episode today. I hope you learned something about one or two or all three of these offensive tackle prospects. If you did, I hope you'll subscribe to the Locked on Bears podcast so you can keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're also on YouTube as well for all of you video podcast viewers, so go check out our YouTube channel. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. That's your team every day, and that's all your sports teams. We've got Locked on Podcasts for every NBA, MLB, and NHL team all active at this point, and a wide variety of colleges across the country, including the Fighting Illini and Peter Skaronsky's Northwestern Wildcats. So go check out another Locked On Sports podcast for your second listen today. Come on tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Bears and another opportunity to bear down. <laughs>